Welcome to Spilling the Title Tea, where we talk a lot about life and a little about business. Your host, Ashley Ramsey, will be sitting down with guests from all different sectors of the real estate industry to tell you their real life stories. From hardships to triumphs and business to personal lives, we promise to bring you the tea. everyone and welcome to another episode of Stilling the Title Tea. Today's guest is Angie Top, who is a branch manager at Thrive Mortgage in Bluffton, Indiana. Welcome to the show, Angie. Hey, thanks, Ashley. So Angie, you are truly what I would call an entrepreneur at heart. You've been in the mortgage industry for over 30 years, which is a huge feat and enough to keep anybody just extremely busy. But on top of that, a few years ago, you stepped out and opened a business called Toppings. Tell us a little bit about Toppings and how it came into existence. Well, Toppings was the brainchild of our second daughter. Mari graduated in 2020 from high school, and that was rough for everyone, just in the midst of COVID and still not really knowing what futures looked like and everything. She struggled a lot with the um, online learning that she had to do the last mm-hmm. three months of school. And she knew as she was planning to go to college and she thought she wanted to go into like radio production, but everything that she was looking at was going to be online, at least that first semester. And she just knew she couldn't do it. So I'm a big fan of gap years. I think that it's good for them to not have the pressure of making a decision right out of high school. Uh, so we agreed, let's take a gap year. Let's see, see what doors open up for you and, um, and just go from there. So she spent the summer casually looking for a job. It didn't really become a huge deal until all of her friends were leaving for college and her life was changing. And one afternoon she said to me, you know, mom, we've always talked about opening an ice cream shop. I think that we should do it. And I said, Mari, we always talk about a lot of crazy stuff, you know, <laughs> And uh, she said, no, she said, I've really been thinking about it and praying about it. And I think that we should look into it. And I said, no. And then she came back to me. You have to be careful what you teach your kids. Because she said, (laughs) she said, remember, mom, you told me once that sometimes you just have to start walking and God can shut doors. And I think that that's what we should do. So I said, okay, Mari, I'll tell you what, you line things up, you line up meetings, there's a not-for-profit in our town called Bluffton Now, and that stands for New, Old, and Wonderful. And they have put together this not-for-profit that gives grants and helps businesses get started and helps downtown businesses. So she organized a meeting with Bluffton Now, and we met with them. And I went in with a lot of arrogance because I had <laughs> I had two stipulations. <laughs> One of them was that we had to be on the first block of Market Street. It's close to our courthouse. It has a beautiful plaza and they do concerts and things there. And it's just the hub of downtown. So that first block. And then the second requirement was that we could get chocolate shop ice cream. So we love ice cream and we go to shops whenever we travel. We try to find something new. And chocolate shop was our favorite kind of ice cream. And so it was those two stipulations. So we met with Bluffton now and they were trying to talk us into different locations. And I said, you know, this isn't something we have to do, but if we do it, it has to be the right place. And so they're like, well, yeah, we're not sure. We'll, we'll be in touch. We love the idea. We want you downtown, but I just don't know about a location. 
So we left, and in fact, we walked uptown from the meeting and talked about it a little bit. And we were getting in our cars, and I got a call from one of the guys on the committee, and he said, "You're not going to believe this, but the location at the corner of Market and Johnson is going to be available at the end of the year." I mean, what are the odds of that? Yeah, not great. I mean, you know, Bluffton is a town of ten thousand people. The county's twenty five thousand. Downtown has been like a lot of small towns, you know, it goes up and down. And the odds of that, I felt like, were really small. It was a tattoo parlor. It was kind of a scary corner. It was kind of dark, even the inside of it. It just wasn't a happy place. So they were doing more checking. And Mari said, we better call the chocolate shop and figure out what that looks like. So we call the chocolate shop. They're located in Madison, Wisconsin. And I talked to the daughter of the founder and she's like, yeah, so I think that'll work, but I have to check it out because we have limitations on how close you can be to other locations. I said, okay. So that afternoon, Mari had a doctor's appointment and I was with her and I got a call from Talia with Chocolate Shop and she's like, I am so sorry, but there's another business that has your ice cream in Bluffton. And I'm like, in Bluffton, Indiana? Like, how did I not know that? Yeah, I'm really not aware. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, well, I'm pretty sure. She said, I'll double check it. Well, it was a food truck that is in Bluffton like twice a year. So anyway, again, that same day, that door was opened. So we just started walking and we got the lease on the building. We got the possession of the building December 1st. We went in and we really realized that we were probably in over our heads, that there was a lot of work to do. But the three of us went in that night. We prayed over the building. And then we work like crazy. <laughs> so my husband, the CPA, he has his own business. Not good timing. So he worked hard in December. And then lots of nights he would come home from the office. He would eat supper. And then we would go up late at night and work, pulling up the flooring, taking down the ceiling, taking down all the lights, painting everything. We did as much as we could. And we had to hire out you know, like the cabinetry and the walls and the design. It had never been a restaurant, so we had to get it through the state. So we learned a lot, you know, all the red tape. You would think that doing mortgages for 30 years that I'd be good at red tape. But it was, <laughs> it was it's a, a different kind of red tape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mari had to get certified, you know, to be a food manager. So she was working on that. And yeah, it was a process. So we got possession on December 1st. We opened the store then uh, the first week in April. So Easter hit that weekend before. So the day after Easter, we opened our doors. And yeah, we've had great staff. We've learned a lot about staffing. We've learned a lot about pricing. We still have a lot to learn because we were about three months into it. And I was driving home one night and I'm like, oh, my goodness, we own a restaurant. You know, how did this happen? Divine intervention. <laughs> That's right. Right. Doors kept opening. And we're still learning a lot. And for Mari, it went from a dream and then about year two, it became a job. So she's learned too that life isn't all about living dreams. Even when you're living your dream, it still works. Absolutely. Uh, You've still got to put the sweat and tears into it. Yeah. So she manages it. She hires people. She deals with mostly teenagers. So she's learned a lot about that. Now she's 22. So the older that she gets, you know, the bigger that gap is between her and the employees. I think she hasn't figured it out yet, but she really is looked at as the manager of the store now instead of a peer. 
you know, right. she kind of had to go through that process too. We love the ice cream, the supplier. We went up and toured the factory last summer and that was really cool to see how they put all that together. And you just don't think they have over a hundred flavors and we sell 24 at a time. So we've learned about rotating flavors and bringing in something new and customers getting really attached to a flavor and they're not thrilled that it's gone, but it keeps <laughs> coming back. Yeah. So anyway, that's kind of the shortened version that probably sounded long to you, but I'm really thankful that Mari pushed us. You know, it was 2020. So I was coming off of some fantastic years in the mortgage business. We love our town. And, you know, our idea was we're going to invest in our downtown. So it's not a moneymaker. It's not going to make us rich ever. We hope that we can just break even to bless downtown, to bless the community. I feel like, you know, in the first few weeks, it changed the culture of downtown because families were bringing their golf carts. You know, they were coming together downtown. They were walking around downtown. We have a great river greenway. We have a great trail that comes from the north of town all the way to downtown. There's lots of ways to access it. We have a great state park about four miles out of town. So campers all summer, they'll ride in to town. They'll kayak up the river and then walk up to the shop. So that's the stuff that I love. Especially after it went from, you know, a dark corner. Yeah. And now it is a beacon of light. That's amazing. That's an amazing transformation. And that's, you know, all because of you and your family, your daughter's vision. You know, to see that come to fruition has to be extremely rewarding. It is. And then one other thing that I was pretty committed to, I really wanted to give a few of the positions to kids with special needs. Yeah. So that's been a growing thing for us, too. So we have, I think, we started out with four, and then a couple of them have graduated to dippers. We have them be our tidiers. They are toppings, tidiers. So a couple of them are now dippers, and then we added one other. But, you know, I saw in Indiana, there's a program for special needs kids that helps them figure out where to go for a job, how to interview, put together a resume, which sounds like a great thing, but they move at a snail's pace. And so Mari had even worked with them through the summer after she graduated, but like they weren't even working on getting her an interview. And I'm like, I don't get it. She is mentally sharp, but she's in a wheelchair. So there's got to be jobs for someone like her. And then as we started talking about bringing in special needs kids, we found out that there were some that had been talking to this organization for two, three and four years without getting an interview. Oh, wow. So that's been really rewarding. They don't work a ton, but just if they have, you know, two shifts a week that they can come in and have a purpose and hear the chatter and take part in it, it's neat. And then for our typical peer employees, for them to have that interaction, I think has been real positive too. Oh, right. It's a learning experience on both sides. I think that's an important point to make. Yep. And I know special needs is, like you said, Mari's in a in a wheelchair. I know that's near and dear to your heart, as well as adoption. Yeah, Mari is adopted. We adopted her when she was 16 months from Ukraine. We were doing an independent adoption. And we went there with the intention of adopting a healthy baby boy. In Ukraine at that time, you had a 95% chance of getting a boy. But God's plans were different. <laughs> So we brought that sometime. <laughs> he is. He is. See, she started stretching us when she was like 17 months old. <laughs> <laughs> we were convinced 
that we would bring home a healthy baby boy. We took clothes over for a boy, you know, to bring home. And anyway, he definitely had a different plan. And our oldest daughter, who's our biological daughter, who was five at the time, immediately when she saw a picture of Mariana, she knew that that was her sister. Well, it took a couple days. <laughs> it took a couple days for God to convince us of that. But then when yeah. we knew it, you know, there was no stopping or changing it. So that's been a blessing. And then when we thought we were stretched as much as possible, then we headed to China <laughs> and brought home a little boy that was almost two. So his physical needs didn't seem as great, but he has other disabilities, learning disabilities, and just some some limitations there. But he is uh, talented, happy. He's an amazing drummer. He's very passionate about police officers and really hopes that that's what he can do someday. So we're in a point with him because he just graduated from high school that, you know, just trying to guide him and into realistic goals without squashing his dream. So yeah, line to walk. It is. So we'll just have to see what opens up with him. But he's working at Toppings. He's been there since we opened and he's ready for a a job where his sister isn't his boss. (laughs) I bet he is. (laughs) But I'll tell you what, Ashley, when I think back, like when we adopted Mari, we were both working. When we had our first daughter, I went to part time. It was pretty flexible. You know, I was probably working close to 40 hours a week, but on my schedule. So we were both working. We were both just putting our extra money into our house and our retirement. And we weren't really thinking about needing money or something like adoption. And then God really put that on our heart. So we went into it knowing that that's what God wanted us to do, but really with no liquid cash to do it. And that's expensive. Um, I used to do adoptions back before I got into real estate and I was doing family law. And it is an extraordinarily expensive endeavor to get involved with. In fact, when we were trying to figure out, okay, this is probably how much we can come up with over the next two years, because that's typically how long it takes. So we had that budget. So you have to remember this was over 20 years ago and it was 15,000 and we had three options because we already had a biological daughter. It knocked out a lot of options for us then. So Ukraine with an independent adoption or doing special needs in the States were the two that we felt were affordable. And we also felt at peace with both of those. So we started pursuing both of them. And like all the doors on domestic special needs shut and everything with Ukraine just blew open. And our adoption for her from when we started the paperwork until we brought her home was like eight months. That was a miracle. Yeah. And God provided. Then we brought home this kid with special needs and we had medical bill after medical bill after medical bill. And I was off work and it really stretched us. But every time there was a need, somehow it was met. So that made us a lot more confident. We had a lot more faith when we walked into the second adoption for Gavin. It was already proven to you that it would all work out the exact way it needed and that the provision would be there. Right. Yeah. So we learned a lot. And then we learned a lot about that parenting isn't easy because our oldest daughter was easy. (laughs) So then Gavin and Mari kept us humble. And (laughs) But I've just been really blessed because every job that I've had has been flexible. And I do a lot of work at night when they were little. After they went to bed, I would get my laptop out and I would be working. But all those sacrifices were worth it because I never had to miss a field trip or a doctor's appointment or, you know, whatever. 
I never had to miss any of that. So I'm thankful for this career, thankful just for the crazy paths that God has taken us. My husband bought into his business in the fall of 2019. And then we started toppings, you know, with the lease and working on it and everything, the late fall of 2020 in the middle of a pandemic. So we're a little crazy. And nobody who knows me would say, no, that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not even that you are open to taking risks, I don't think. It's just that you're open to being led into something new with your faith. You know, you you walk it by faith and not by sight. And I think that that's a really important quality to have. I admire it. And it doesn't stop when you make the decision, you know, especially like with our kids. Adoption has its challenges initially, especially internationally, when you're bringing home a child who doesn't understand you, that's not crazy about you, you know, all of those things. But as they get older and then navigating the part of abandonment that they deal with that they don't even realize for a lot of years, and as they've gotten older, that's probably more challenging than anything that we faced when they were little. You know, just helping them to navigate that to convince them that God chose them to live in the United States. Yes, and chose this blessing, you know, to be in a home where they're so well cared for and so loved. Yep. And it's hard when you're not the adopted one. It's hard not to say, my goodness, how can you not see how wonderful this is? And Mari, you know, the whole conflict in Ukraine, for her to process and deal all of that, she doesn't even really know how to process that because she doesn't have a memory of it, but yet she knows that's where she's from and she probably has family or other kids at the orphanage or whatever. That's a lot. They both still live at home and I'm thankful because I feel like probably forever, I don't know because I'm not that far into it, they will have things to deal with because they were not chosen to stay with their biological parents. But I also hope that their faith and what they experience and the love that they receive from everyone here overpowers all of that. I have not doubt that it will. You know, it's a learning process. It's a growing process for you and for them. But in the end, you know, all things work for our good. So I can't imagine that all the struggles that they will deal with or have dealt with will not come, you know, full circle for them to have that acceptance and to know that it all worked for their good from the time they were born you know, till they take their last breath, it will have all been for their benefit. Yeah. One more thing about Mari's adoption. When we brought her home and like I was doing a lot of journaling during that time and I looked back in my journal of when I started really being like convicted that adoption was what we were supposed to do. And it would have been the same time she was conceived. Wow. That just gives me chills, Angie. That is just precious. Yep. You know, he's just so good. God is just so good that way. You know, he orchestrates things just down to such specifics. You know, when when we can get a glimpse of him, it's just amazing. Yeah. So we're thankful for the journey. You know, I read recently an article about if you would have planned your life, you know, like when you're 18 years old, if you would write out this little map of what your life is going to look like and when you would get married and how many kids you would have and where you lived and where you worked. And the story would look completely different. For me, we've been married 33 years, looking back over those 33 years. But all of those times that didn't work out that way, when you look back and you can see how that affected you now, I wouldn't change any of those things. 
So even though the road seems pretty curvy and um, bumpy sometimes, I wouldn't change any of it. And I'm so thankful that I don't plan my path. Amen. That's a hard lesson to learn. It is. It really is. But it's so important. It's such an important lesson. You know, and the younger that you can learn that lesson, the better that you will just cope in life in general. I agree. I wish I would have learned it sooner. And maybe I learned it, but just didn't realize it. I don't know. But I'm just thankful. Thankful for where I'm at, for what we've experienced and the family that God knit together for us. So we just have a lot to be thankful for. Absolutely. And we have great ice cream whenever we want it. (laughs) 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 That's even the best. You have your favorite ice cream that you always wanted to, you know, track down on vacation. And now you can have it anytime you want it. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. And now we're ice cream snobs. I rarely get ice cream anywhere. (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, Angie, if you had advice, I mean, obviously, you've got so many things like advice on opening businesses, taking chances, stepping out of your comfort zone, adoption, all these things. Like if there's somebody that's just kind of on the edge of making a big life choice like that, what is um, the main takeaway you would give them? Yeah. So way before I married Chip, I've always had this thing that when I was going to make a big decision, I just have to like weigh it all out and be confident so that I can put a stake in the ground. And because of my faith, you know, I, I always depend on God to give me that peace really with the decision or the open door or whatever the case might be. And then I can put a stake in the ground. So when the marriage is hard or the kids are driving me crazy or toppings is losing money or whatever it is, I can go back to that stake and think, even if this is hard, even if this won't stay open forever, even if this was God's plan, he led us here. And so You know, even the financial part of adoption, after we brought Gavin home, our house was too small, you know, buying a different house, all of those things, having that stake in the ground that I can always go back to has just been huge. So that's my advice to be confident with your decision, put that stake in the ground and know that when things get rough, you can go back to it. I love that. I think that's amazing advice for any aspect, no matter the big things and the small things. I think that that's important. Thank you so much, Angie, for being a guest on the show. You know, I have enjoyed hearing bits and pieces of your story over the years, so I know that the audience will really love it. And I'm just thankful that you would take time to share your story with our audience. And we're the audience. We're going to put all of the information in our podcast description about how they can reach out to you for their lending needs if they are in Bluffton or the surrounding areas. And we'll put some information about toppings in there as well. So They can track you down and get some of that amazing ice cream that you have us all hungry for now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I just appreciate your time. And uh, thanks, Ashley. And thanks for all you do for us. It's my pleasure. I enjoy working with your team. And, you know, it's more about these friendships than it even is about the work. Yeah, I agree. But thanks for joining us. And thanks again, audience, for joining us on Spilling the Title Tea, where we talk a little bit about business and a lot about life. That's all the tea we have for you this week. Thanks for tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode of Spilling the Title Tea and visit us online for more valuable resources at springdaletitle.com. Spilling the Title Tea.